All right, so uh, here we are. We're going to open up God's Word now. Vamos a abrir la Palabra de Dios. And our scripture reading for the morning is found in the Gospel according to Matthew. Vamos a mirar Mateo, capítulo 3, del 13 al capítulo 4, versículo 1. So it's Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. And we're going to read to chapter 4, verse 1. It's just a small portion, but we're in a series here looking at the Gospel of Matthew, and I want to uh, make us aware that really this morning we're looking at having in mind all of chapter 3 and 4. Estamos mirando los dos capítulos, tres y cuatro esta mañana. So we're going to try to cover those two chapters, but in particular honing in on this section right here. Uh, page numbers up on the screen will help you to find it if you're using the Bibles from the back. Si usan las Biblias de atrás, la, la página indica donde está el texto. So I'm going to give you just a second to get there. And I'm going to read first in Spanish and then I'll read in English. Leo primero en español, después en inglés. This is the gospel. This is the good news of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. El Evangelio de nuestro Señor y Salvador Jesucristo. Un día Jesús fue de Galilea al Jordán para que Juan lo bautizara, pero Juan trató de disuadirlo. Yo soy el que necesita ser bautizado por ti y tú vienes a mí, objetó. Dejémoslo así por ahora, pues nos conviene cumplir con lo que es justo, le contestó Jesús. Entonces Juan consintió. Tan pronto como Jesús fue bautizado, subió del agua. En ese momento se abrió el cielo y él vio al Espíritu de Dios bajar como una paloma y posarse sobre él. Y una voz del cielo decía, este es mi hijo amado, estoy muy complacido con él. Luego el Espíritu llevó a Jesús al desierto para que el diablo lo sometiera a tentación. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. So we're getting back on track here. Two weeks ago we started a new series uh, in the Gospel of Matthew. Estamos reencaminándonos en el Evangelio de Mateo. And specifically in the spring here, we're going through the first half, the first 14 chapters of, of Matthew's gospel. Estamos mirando la primera mitad de Mateo en la primavera. And so that last time we were together, we started with the first two chapters. And we saw in those first two chapters how Matthew's point really in opening this up is to say that God is going to write a different story through Jesus. God is writing a different story on top of the old story of Israel's sin and failure. And Jesús dice, Mateo, Jesús, Dios está escribiendo una historia diferente por encima de la historia del fracaso y el pecado de Israel. And so from that chapter, we looked at this big epic story of God and we saw how Jesus has come 
to be God with us. Jesús es Dios con nosotros. And he's come to lead us out of the Egypt of our sin, in effect functioning as the second Moses. Jesús es como el segundo Moisés que nos lleva del, del Egipto de nuestro pecado. And Jesus is also leading us on a different story, in a different journey to the promised land, the promised land of new life, as in a sense, the second Joshua. Jesús también nos lleva a la tierra prometida como segundo Josué. And so with that in mind, today we're going into chapters 3 and 4. And, and again, what we're finding here as we see each step that Jesus takes, there are connections that we can make with the old story of Israel. Con cada paso, Jesús hay conexiones para hacer con la vieja historia de Israel. We can see hints of that old story coming out. And what that tells us here is that God is taking that old story of Israel and he's giving it a brand new twist in the person of Jesus and he's actually fulfilling that story. Dios toma la historia vieja Israel y le da otra vuelta, una historia diferente en Jesús. And that's good news. That's a good thing for you and me. Son buenas noticias. And so we see those connections popping up almost right away. If we go to the beginning of chapter 3, we learn about this man named John. John the Baptist, capítulo 3, nos habla de Juan el Bautista. And we're told that John appeared in the desert. Keep an eye on that. The desert figures significantly in these two chapters. Uh, Juan aparece en el desierto. And he's crying out. He's preaching and he's saying, repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. Arrepiéntanse, el reino del cielo está cerca. Now, in case we miss the connection with the old story, Matthew is very glad to give us that connection in chapter 3, verse 3. He, he quotes the prophet Isaiah. Mateo nos da la conexión con la vieja historia en versículo 3. He says, this one, this John, is he who is spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. And Isaiah said this, a voice of one calling in the desert. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Juan era aquel de quien había escrito el profeta Isaías. Voz de uno que grita en el desierto. Preparen el camino para el Señor. Háganle sendas derechas. And so we need to understand this scripture is from the, the prophet Isaiah. And it's, it's talking about a time when Israel uh, was going to be in the desert, so to speak. Israel iba a estar en el desierto, dice Isaías. Uh, they were in the desert of exile. They had been kicked out. They were in Babylon because of their sin and because of their failure. They were in this wasteland. Estaba en exilio en Babilonia, fuera de su país, out of their homeland. And Isaiah says, don't despair. There's a voice that's going to come and cry out and say, get ready. Make a road so that the Lord can come back. Prepare a way for the king to return. Isaías dice que habría una voz que gritaría, preparen un camino para que venga el Señor. Preparen para la venida del rey. And so what Matthew is saying here is simply this. John the Baptist is that voice. John the Baptist is that voice in the desert. Juan el Bautista es esa voz en el desierto. And he's crying out at a time when the people of Judah are not in a different land, but they're in the desert. They're in the desert of sin. 
in the desert of darkness. They're in the desert of being under the oppression of a foreign power, the Roman Empire, and they're in the desert of being under the oppression of the devil. Está Judá en la opresión del imperio romano y del fracaso del pecado. And so John shows up and he says, get ready, the king is coming. Make a road so that the king can come back. Preparen el camino del rey. Make that road. How? By confessing your sins. By repenting. Turning away. I love what Sidney said. Not just feeling sorry, but turning your back on that old way and be baptized. If you repent and be baptized, you're creating a road for the king. Prepárense para la venida del rey, confesando sus pecados, arrepintiéndose y siendo bautizado. Now, John makes it clear in this, in verse 11, that this whole idea of repentance and baptism, that's not the whole picture. That's just the beginning of the new story that God is going to write. Es solo el comienzo de la nueva historia. Let's look at verse 11. John says to, to the people, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Yo los bautizo a ustedes con agua para que se arrepientan, pero el que viene después de mí es más poderoso que yo y ni siquiera merezco llevarle las sandalias. Él los bautizará con el Espíritu Santo y con fuego. John's being very clear here. He's saying, in effect, repenting of sin and being baptized, that doesn't take away your sin. Arrepentirse y ser bautizado no quita tu pecado. It's not bad, but repenting of sin and being baptized won't take away your sin. It gets you prepared. It gets you ready for the coming of the one who will take away your sin. Te prepara para la venida del que sí va a traer, a quitar tu pecado. It gets you ready for the coming of the king. And this king that's coming, this one who is going to be here... He's not just going to baptize with water. He's going to baptize with a real baptism. Este rey va a bautizar con un bautismo real. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Bautizará con el Espíritu Santo y con fuego. Those that would be ready. Those that would show the fruits of repentance, John calls them. Those who would receive this king and be ready to receive this king. They will be baptized, immersed with the Holy Spirit. And they will be like a harvest of wheat that the king is going to come and gather up and put into his barns. Los que, que se arrepientan y muestran frutos del arrepentimiento van a ser como trigo que, que cosechará el rey porque van a ser ungidos del Espíritu Santo. But those who do not receive the king, those who do not show the fruits or the results of repentance, he includes among those the religious leaders, he says, those people are going to be baptized too. They're going to be baptized with the fire of eternal judgment. They'll be gathered up like the chaff of the wheat and thrown away. Los que, que no reciben al rey serán juzgados con un fuego de juicio eterno. Serán bautizados como paja en el fuego. So get ready. And then all of a sudden, here's the king. There's no trumpets, there's no fanfare, but all of a sudden, here comes Jesus stepping onto the stage. 
Aquí aparece Jesús. Jesus appears in the desert with John. But there's kind of a surprise here because instead of just coming in like John said and, and you know, collecting up all the faithful people and kicking out all of the unfaithful people and doing what John said he would do, Jesus doesn't do that right away. Aparece Jesús, pero no hace lo que dice Juan de, de, de recibir a los fieles y echar a los infieles. Jesus instead comes into the stage, onto the stage and into the scene and he takes the posture, the position of a repentant sinner. Toma la postura de un pecador arrepentido. He comes to John to be baptized. What's going on with that? Le pida Juan que lo bautice. Why is Jesus doing this? Well, in verse 15, he makes it clear to John why he's doing this. And aquí se dice por qué. It's not that Jesus is a sinner. He's not claiming to be a sinner. No dice ser pecador ni lo es. Rather, he says to John, this is proper to do to fulfill all righteousness. Es propio para, nos conviene, es justo para que cumplimos con lo que es justo. We have to do this to fulfill God's in other words, Jesus is saying, this is what's needed for me to play my part in the new story that God is writing here. Tengo que desempeñar mi papel en la nueva historia. What Jesus is doing is he's following the new script for the new story that God is writing. And he's following that new script by playing the part of Israel. Él está desempeñando el papel de Israel. Let's think for a moment about the old story. God called the people of Israel out of Egypt, out of slavery. Dios llamó a Israel de Egipto, de esclavitud. And the reason that God called Israel out, if we look at Scripture, one of the reasons is that he considered Egypt to be his firstborn son. Consideraba Egipto su primer hijo, su hijo primogénito. In fact, if you look at Exodus chapter 4, when, when God speaks out to Pharaoh through Moses, God says to Pharaoh, Israel is my firstborn son. Israel's mine. Israel es mi, mi hijo primogénito. So let my son go so he can worship me. Suéltalo para que me adore. And then, of course, you know about the plague. This is why God killed all the firstborn sons and, uh, of Egypt. Por eso Dios mató a los hijos primogénitos de Egipto. He killed the firstborn of Egypt because Egypt had his firstborn. You've got my firstborn hostage. I'm killing your sons. Let my son go so he can worship me. So Israel was called out of Egypt. Dios llamó a su hijo de Egipto. And God took his, his son, his firstborn, out of Egypt, and he brought his son through the waters of the Red Sea. Lo hizo pasar por el Mar Rojo into the desert, en el desierto. But then, if we know the story, we know that at some point, Israel went off script. Israel didn't act out its part as the firstborn son. Israel no tomó su lugar como primer hijo. They deviated from the plan. 
They rebelled against God in the desert. Se rebelaron contra Dios en el desierto. And they failed to live up to that role that places the firstborn child of God. And the scripture says very clearly, God was not pleased. He was not pleased with his firstborn. Dios no estuvo complacido con su primero. Okay, with that in mind, now here comes Jesus. Playing the part of Israel today, Jesus of Nazareth. He steps onto the stage. Jesús se pone en la tarima como Israel. And what does he do? He's baptized. And it's like Israel, the firstborn son, coming out of the waters of the Red Sea. Se bautiza como Israel pasando por el Mar Rojo. And as he comes up out of the water, The heavens open. The Spirit of God descends. And a voice, the voice of the Father speaks. La voz del Padre habla. And in in Matthew 4 or 3, 17, what does the voice say? Listen. A voice from heaven said, This is my son. This is the son I love. This is my firstborn. That's my boy. This is mi hijo amado. With him I am well pleased. I'm pleased with this one. Con él estoy muy complacido. So you see, God is saying, I'm happy with him. Now, Bible scholars are quick to point out that what that voice from heaven says here, this is my son, it harkens back and it connects to something in the old story. Eso conecta con algo más en la vieja historia. It connects with Psalm 2, verse 7. If you go back to the book of Psalms in the middle of the Bible, Salmo 27, the book of Psalms, uh, chapter 2, this is what is called a coronation psalm. This is a psalm that's sung at the crowning of a king. Salmo 27 se canta en la coronación de un rey. And, and here God is speaking to the new king of Israel in Psalm 2, verse 7. He said to me, that's God saying to the king, You are my son. Today I've become your father. Tú eres mi hijo, me ha dicho el Señor. Hoy mismo te he engendrado. So you see what's going on here? Jesus, when he is baptized, is not only taking the place of a sinner. No solo toma el lugar de un pecador. Jesus is not just taking the place of Israel. No solo toma el lugar de Israel. Jesus, through his baptism, is standing and he's being crowned as the king. This is a coronation ceremony. Es una coronación. He is the anointed one. He is the one who pleases the Father. He is the Messiah, the Son of God. Él es el Mesías, el Hijo de Dios. Now, what's the purpose? Why is he crowned the king? I think there's a hint in the psalm if we keep reading. Si seguimos leyendo el salmo, hay un indicio. God is speaking to the king. Psalm 2, 8, he says, Ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. Pídeme como herencia te entregaré las naciones, tuyos serán los confines de la tierra. Jesus is the new king of Israel. Yes, 
And he's come down to claim his inheritance. The firstborn son who wandered off, he's come to be the firstborn son to bring the other firstborn son down and back to God. Yes, but Jesus is also coming to claim the nations as his inheritance. Jesús viene para reclamar a las naciones. Jesus is the Messiah, the anointed King, the Son of God, who's come to reclaim lost sinners as his possession. Él ha venido por los pecadores como su posesión. And then all of a sudden, what do we find? We turn the page, Matthew 4, and Jesus is led by the Spirit from one desert into another desert. He's led into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Capítulo 4 va al desierto para ser tentado por el diablo. And again, Bible experts would tell us if we take a look at what happens to Jesus in the desert, the second desert, Jesus' temptations by the devil in the desert parallel the temptations of Israel in the desert. Las tentaciones de Jesús son paralelas a las tentaciones de Israel en el desierto. Let's think about it for just a minute. If you look at Matthew chapter 4, the Israelites in the desert were hungry. They had no food. No tuvieron comida los israelitas. They had no bread. No tuvieron pan. What did they do? They grumbled and they complained to God. Se quejaron con Dios instead of trusting in God's word to take care of them, instead of trusting in God's promise to provide for them. No confiaron en la promesa de Dios para proveerles. But what does Jesus do? Jesus is in the desert. Jesus is hungry. But instead of turning the stones to bread, what does he do? He says, I'm going to live by the word of God. I'm going to live by God's promise alone. El hombre no vive por el pan, dice Jesús, sino de la palabra de Dios. Where Israel fails, Jesus succeeds. The second temptation. He's tempted to throw himself off a cliff, basically. El diablo lo tienta a echarse de un precipicio. What do we find from Israel's story that we can compare to this? Well, in the desert, the Israelites had no water. No tuvieron agua. And what did they do? At a place called Meribah, the Bible says they put God to the test. En Meribah pusieron a prueba a Dios. They demanded a command performance from God. Give us water right now. Let's go, God. Chop, chop. Let's do this. And Moses had to strike a rock. Moisés tuvo que, que pegar una piedra and outflowed water for the people. Salió agua. The temptation of Jesus is to do what? To throw himself off. To give a command performance. God, rescue me. Yo rescátame, haz alguna hazaña. But instead of striking the rock, Jesus says, no, I will not put the Lord God to the test. Yo no voy a poner a prueba a Dios, dice Jesús. The Israelites bowed down and worshipped a golden calf. Adoraron un becerro de oro. A symbol of the fertility of Egypt, a symbol of the prosperity of this world, a symbol of their slavery and sin. Símbolo de la prosperidad de Egipto. But Jesus 
is tempted to bow down to the devil and worship him, thereby gaining the world's riches. Jesús es tentado ganar la riqueza del mundo adorando al diablo, but Jesus does not bow down. He says, worship the Lord your God and serve him alone. Adora al Señor tu Dios y solo sirve a él. At every point along the way, this is the script. Where Israel failed, Jesus succeeds. Donde Israel falla, Jesús tiene éxito. So from this, what do we see? We see that, that Jesus comes in to the wilderness. He comes into the wilderness of our world, full of sin and failure, and Jesus does what Israel could not do. Jesus creates an exodus. Jesus creates a road out out of the sin and failure to bring us into the promised land with God. Él nos crea un éxodo para traernos a la tierra prometida con Dios. In fact, in Matthew 4, 16, we read that it says the people living in darkness have seen a great light. Israel was supposed to be a light for the nations. Israel iba a ser luz para las naciones, but it says no, that it is Jesus. Jesus comes as a light to the people walking in darkness. Jewish people, non-Jewish people, he's coming after the nations as his inheritance. El quiere las naciones como su herencia. And so he begins to preach what John began to preach. Repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Arrepiéntanse, el reino de cielos está cerca. The king has come. God is with us. Resta aquí. Now, I've just gone through all of that, and I need to go back to a question we asked two weeks ago. And the question is, so what? So what, Pastor Russ? You just rehearsed a lot of Bible history. What does this have to do with me? What does this have to do with my life? ¿Qué tiene que ver esto con mi vida? Well, I think, again, I'm going to direct us back to the text and say there's a clue, I believe, if we go to the end of chapter 4, at chapter 4, verse 18 to 20, there's a clue. Hay un indicio, capítulo 4, 18. Let's read what it says. Chapter 4, 18, it says, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Mientras caminaba junto al mar de Galilea, Jesús vio a dos hermanos. Uno era Simón, llamado Pedro, y el otro Andrés. Estaban echando la red al lago, pues eran pescadores. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Vengan, síganme, les dijo Jesús, y los haré pescadores de hombres. Al instante dejaron las redes y los siguieron. So Jesus is preaching, repent, the kingdom's near. Arrepiéntanse, el, rey está, el reino está cerca. And then we find him calling these two fishermen. And actually there's two more he calls after that, James and John. He calls four ordinary people. Jesús llama a cuatro personas ordinarias. And he promises, in effect, to rewrite their story. Él promete volver a escribir su historia. 
Follow me, he says. He said, repent, turn away from your sin, follow me. And then he's promising to actually give these four very ordinary people a brand new identity, a whole new role to play in God's story. He says, follow me and I will make you into something different. I will make you from fishers of fish into fishers of people. Yo los haré de pescadores de peces a pescadores de hombres y mujeres. You see, Jesus did not just come to earth to take the place of Israel. No vino Jesús a tomar el lugar de Israel solamente. Jesus came to earth to take the place of you and me. He came to be the beloved son that would please God where we could not. Él era el hijo amado que complació a Dios donde nosotros no pudimos. Jesus didn't just come to make Israel his inheritance. He came to make the nations his inheritance. El vino para que las naciones fueran su herencia. That's you and me. He came to call us to be his. Jesus came not only to succeed in the place of Israel. He came to succeed in our place. El vino a tener éxito en nuestro lugar. He came to die on a cross where we should have died. He came to rise again from the dead where we needed new life. And that's for all who would do what? Who would repent and follow him. These are the two markers. Repent and then come. Follow me. And I will rewrite your story. I will make you different so that you can make a difference. You will be fishers of men and women. Arrepiéntanse y síganme y los haré pescadores de hombres y mujeres. That's the story now that Jesus is calling us to, to live into. Uh, not too long ago, I read about a psychologist, a woman named Andrea Brower, who's done some studying about why it is that we as people can't seem to make changes in our lives. Hay una psicóloga que ha estudiado por qué las personas no pueden hacer cambios en su vida. Uh, I don't know if you remember, remember at the beginning of the year, if you were here, the first Sunday of the year, we talked about New Year's resolutions and why we don't keep New Year's resolutions, right? It's so hard. Hablamos de los compromisos del nuevo año. How many of you are keeping your New Year's resolutions right now? Let's see a show of hands. It's April, people. We're not even halfway through the year, are we? I predicted this on January 4, okay? We're not doing it, are we? This woman studied why. And from a psychological point of view, she says it's, it's not enough. People are more likely to change not only when they have a goal in mind. No es suficiente tener una meta. It's not enough to just write down a goal and say, I'm going to eat healthy. Voy a comer comida sana. That isn't enough. Her research has discovered that people are more likely to see changes in their lives, not just when they make a goal for themselves, but when they create for themselves a whole new identity. Tienen que tener una nueva identidad. And so instead of just saying, I'm going to eat healthy, she says what you need to say is, I'm going to become a healthy eater. 
voy a hacerme un, una persona que come y sabe comer bien. You see, that's not just a goal. That's a whole new identity. If I'm a healthy eater, I'm taking on the role. I'm starting to act like someone that I'm not. And I'm going to start doing certain things. And I'm going to start living in certain ways. I'm going to start thinking in certain ways because I am a healthy eater. Yo soy uno que come bien. That's how you change. Now, I think this is where we see the genius of what Jesus is doing in Matthew 3 and 4. Es el genio de lo que hace Jesús. What does Jesus do? He comes down into the desert of this world. He takes on the identity of a sinner, takes on the identity of Israel, and he begins to forge a new way forward. And in that process, he calls us to join him, and he promises to give us a brand new identity. Jesús promete darnos una nueva identidad. Who are we? We're his inheritance. Somos su herencia. We are his beloved children. He has come so that God can look at you and me through his sacrificial death and resurrection and say, that's my son, that's my daughter. With him, with her, I am well pleased. I accept that one. So how do we live as Jesus' inheritance? We live as his inheritance by being, get this, his repenters, his followers, and his fishers. Somos arrepentidos, seguidores, y pescadores. That's the road out. That's the Christian life. Who am I? I'm a repenter. I have to be a repenter of Jesus, for Jesus. I, Sydney hit the mark, right? It's about this stuff that I carry within me that I can't get rid of. But what did the fishermen do when Jesus called them? They dropped the nets. Drop the stuff that's, that's caught you in its web. Hay que dejar esas cosas. And then what am I doing? I'm learning how to follow. I'm learning to see Jesus ahead of me and to go where he's going, to simply be with him because he's the one that God loves. He's God with us. Yo voy siguiendo a Jesús. And then somewhere in that mix, as I'm being a repenter and I'm being a follower, God has the mercy to call me to be a fisher, to actually be a part of his plan, to turn around and to help others become repenters and followers and fishers. That's the vision. It's la visión. So I want to ask a question to you this morning. Here's the question I'd like you to meditate on. What desert are you in right now? What's your desert? En qué desierto estás ahora? Might be a work desert, a marriage desert, a kids desert, Economic desert, depression desert. There's a lot of deserts. Hay muchos desiertos. Depresión, el trabajo, el matrimonio, los niños. Jesus Christ comes to where you are to say, come to where I'm going. Drop it, follow me, and I will give you a new identity. Déjalo, sígueme, te daré una nueva identidad. So I want to invite our worship team to come up, and here's what I simply want to invite you to do. What step might you want to take this morning? I don't know, but between you and the Holy Spirit, you may have a need to repent. 
You may have a need to drop something in your life. A lo mejor tienes necesidad de arrepentirte. Or maybe you have a need to, to trust and obey Jesus in something where he's saying, follow me in this, but you're hesitant to do that. A lo mejor tienes que seguir a Jesús en algo particular. Or maybe you know that you're being called to reach out to somebody in Jesus' name, to be that fisher. I want to invite us all to simply do business with Jesus this morning. Quiero invitarnos a, a tener un tiempo de oración. I want to open up this front. If you need to come down to the front and pray, or if you just need to kneel right where you are, if you need somebody to pray with you, this is kind of spontaneous on the moment, but we have elders and spouses here. We have people at Sunrise that simply love to pray with other people. So whatever step you need to take, I want to invite you to take that step with Jesus right now. It's just you and him. Can you hear his voice saying, be my repenter? My follower, my fisher. Puedes oír su voz que dice, Sé mi arrepentido, mi seguidor, mi pescador. Let's pray together. Vamos ahora. Lord Jesus, we just open up this time for you to work. We're the ones that need to be baptized by you. Tenemos que ser bautizados por ti. And yet you came to be baptized in our place. You were baptized in the Jordan, but you were also baptized with the suffering of the cross to lead us into new life. Fuiste bautizado en el Jordán, Jesús, por nosotros, pero también bautizado en la cruz para llevarnos a una nueva vida. We just open up this time to you and ask that you'll lead us. Thank you that you have come to call us your inheritance, your possession. Gracias por venir a llamarnos tu herencia. Here we are, Lord. Our only comfort in life and in death is that we belong to you. May we recognize that and live that out. Que podamos reconocer y vivir sabiendo que nuestro único consuelo está en ti, Señor Jesús. Hear us as we pray now in Jesus' name.